Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Sabah al-khair. Good morning, dear listeners. You're listening to Radio 3CR on 855 AM and Palestine Remembered with Robert Martin, Nasser Mashni and Yusuf Ahmed al-Rimawi. Palestine Remembered is Australia's only English-language radio program that is totally dedicated to Palestine. We'd like to welcome those listening on 855 and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Good morning, Nasser. Morning, Yusuf. How are you doing? While Robert is bringing us coffee from Footscray... Well, he's, we're excited that he's going to be joining us from sabbatical uh, next week. So uh, stay tuned to listen to Robert and, and the two of us next yes. week. Yes. So uh, this week is another uh, edition of Palestine Remembered and another um, important topics to talk about. Uh, well, well we, I mean, increasingly, we, Yusuf, as you know, I mean, we're, we're so attuned to Palestine and what's going on. And so our listeners get much of their information from, from our radio show. But we had a really momentous... Uh, Resolution passed in the Irish Senate uh, during the week. Where, Great victory for the boycott. Yeah, absolutely. Where the, where the Senate voted twenty five to twenty in favour of a um, a boycott of any services and products from the settlements. So we'll talk about that. Yeah. And also uh, we have the anniversary of the assassination of uh, one of our great uh, thinkers and writers in Palestinian modern history, Ghassan Kanafani. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about that. And uh, the year twi- the year 12, 12 uh, yeah. results uh, uh, came out last week in uh, Palestine, what we call the Tawjihi. We'll talk about this. Uh, but what else do you have? And we're also going to talk about the tightening of the siege within Gaza and also to promote some fantastic Palestinian um, arts and uh, uh, as well as politics coming. So Al-Fat uh, Mahmoud's coming, as well as Noura Arakat, and also a big plug for Taha. Um, there's still a chance for our listeners to see the 2 p.m. show on uh, this afternoon on Saturday, as well as the 7 p.m. show. Uh, if you come along to the 2 p.m. show, you'll be able to meet my family and I will be there, about 11 of us. So come along. <laughs> Your tribe. So uh, we'll start with the island, uh, um, Nasser. Another great uh, victory for the boycott. Uh, uh, Absolutely. Look, this is, you know... Um, and another little step towards isolating and exposing Israel for, for the pariah state that it is. Um, the bill was called the Control of Economic Activity Occupied Territories Bill of 2018. It was put forward by an Irish independent senator um, and co-signed by a number of others. And whilst there's still some hurdles to go through before it to become law, uh, it has to go to the upper house, etc., the, the reality is it's now a discussion point. And look, there, there's still some significant hurdles it has to overcome from the point of view because Ireland's part of the EU and each of the countries can't uh, impose trade restrictions on each other. But the sort of um, language that came out of Israel uh, oh. really makes you... Um, it shows that warms they your heart. are in pain. 
Israeli Foreign Minister Emmanuel Nahson said the vote would have a negative impact on the diplomatic process in the Middle East, and the absurdity of the Irish Senate's initiative is that it will harm the livelihoods of many Palestinians who work in the Israeli industrial zones or will be affected by the boycott. So in, in other words, this guy is worried and concerned about oh, the livelihood oh, of the, the Palestinians. The poor Palestinians, they're yeah. going to lose their jobs. I mean, yeah. you know, as a Palestinian, we, nice don't, <laughs> we don't want your jobs mm. paying under odds. And we spoke last week about the, the safety conditions of Palestinian workers, workers on, on, compared on, to, to Israeli workers. Yeah, so you, you can keep your job... Uh, Emmanuel. Um, but it should go without even uh, discussion because this is a stolen land according to international law. Settlements are on illegal, uh, are illegal Ill- anyway. Illegal. And uh, if you uh, profit... The world, the world absolutely recognizes, A, that the West Bank, Gaza, East Jerusalem uh, occupied Palestinian tor- territories. Mm. The um, international law clearly states it is uh, the inadmissibility of land via force. It, it clearly states that you cannot move uh, uh, your a civilian population into occupied territories. Mm. And it clearly states also you cannot profit from the resources of uh, that occupied land. And Israel has been doing that since 1967, now 41 years. They've moved 750,000 settlers mm. uh, into the West Bank. They've put over 100 and they've looted um, Israeli settlements, carved up the West Bank, denying um, and they've rights looted of the resources of yeah, yeah. Palestinian landowners and denied them freedom of movement. And the list goes on. But the, well, what this is the least we can do for Ireland, and we, we look forward to the rest of the world boycotting not just the occupied territories, but the entire Israeli uh, made in Israel yeah, brand. Made in Israel. We need to make that brand as uh, unpalatable, as stinky as apartheid South Africa, because it is unpalatable and stinky, like apartheid South Africa, and we don't want anything to do with it. And as we speak, Nasser, on this point, the Tunisian parliament uh, is discussing a bill to uh, to incriminate the normalization uh, between any or any future normalization between any future Tunisian government with uh, Israel, and that's very important. Yeah, and yeah. we have to say that one of the good things coming out of the Tunisian revolution after 2011 is that they made it in the constitution. They wrote another constitution. We have to give them credit because Tunisian mm-hmm. t- constitution is the first uh, constitution in the Arab world after in modern, in modern history. Mm-hmm. There was a second draft of the, the resol- uh, constitution after the revolution, and they made it uh, in that constitution to incriminate uh, normalization with Israel. And now the parliament is discussing it, and th- hopefully it will go through. And uh, we, I, I want to give the credit to the Tunisian um, well, we, we do uh, activists we, we have to, who yeah, have sorry. been working on it for five years or more. Well, when we compare that to the sort of um, stuff we're getting out of the Gulf from the east, yeah, yeah. So, from and Tunisia is so very far away from Palestine. Nevertheless, they have very progressive position on Palestine. We love them. So, and and, and we'll talk more about this in future, sure. but we'll give them uh, what they deserve of well, coverage. We, we, you know, one of, one of the things that you know sometimes um, uh, you know we have conversations with people and they say, you know. Look, boycott, divestment, sanctions. This is, you know, really a a, a really big tool. You know, yeah. you're, you're really marginalising. And we, we, look, one of the realities, and we keep saying it, is that Israel craves the normalcy and and wants to be welcomed into the the world as a normal state. Hmm. And we know it's not. Hmm. And and when the Palestinian people say, "Listen, to help us, we are asking you to boycott this country, divest from this country, sanction them for their crimes." When the civilian captured population asks for these things, when you don't, 
you are complicit. Yeah, yeah, you are part of this. So uh, you are indirectly contributing you are, no, and, to and this occupation absolutely. by choosing to reward it financially. You can buy stuff from somewhere else. Yeah. And we should, you know, I mean, we spoke about it last year when the uh, Royal Flying Doctor Services were alerted to the uh, uh, connection between Albert and the occupation and um, Albert's work within the West Bank and Gaza and the uh, the challenges well, the reality of the fact that a lot of their military uh, armaments were um, spruiked as being, you know, field tested. Mm. You know, field tested means, you know, used on Palestinians yeah, yeah. to perpetuate the occupation. How many, how many, how many casualties? How many casualties? How many people had to die for that to be that tested? That the Royal Flying Doctor Service, when we said to them, you know, there's somebody else that can help you with these planes. The world's a big place. There's 200 other countries. We'll definitely come back to uh, the And they did. We should just, again, congratulate the Royal Flying Doctor Service for uh, doing that. For sure. Now, uh, it's uh, the 46th anniversary of the assassination of the spokesperson of the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine. And, in fact, one of our greatest thinkers and people of literature in modern history, Ghassan Kanafani. Ghassan Kanafani was assassinated as he was leaving his house with his niece, Lamise, Mm -hmm. who was 19 years old and he was towards his late 30s and they both were killed instantly and uh, this is um, another reminder that Israel has targeted people who has never shot a single bullet mm-hmm. to an Israeli target and Golda Meir decided to 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 assassinate this uh, this man for his literature yeah i mean should we should say uh, just on that the obituary in the Lebanon uh, daily star said he was a commando who never fired a gun whose weapon was a ballpoint pen, and his arena was the newspaper pages. Yet Israel saw fit to assassinate him. And, and I'm just going to read a couple of his pieces, and you know some things that have moved me along the journey, I've always had them near me. But this is something that you know my father we, you know, would often talk to us about. He said, everything in this world can be robbed and stolen, except one thing. This one thing is the love that emanates from a human being towards a solid commitment to a conviction or cause. Mm. And for us, and for Ghassan, God rest his soul, it was always Palestine. Well, Ghassan also is known not only within the Palestinian uh, intellectual uh, corridors, like they say. Ghassan is uh, known internationally. And uh, in fact, I was reading a book written by a Japanese thinker in Arabic language, and it says the Arabs from a Japanese perspective. Yeah. And uh, he spoke about the Arab culture, having lived in the Arab world for 40 years. And uh, he said one of the things that uh, has left the deepest impact on him is the work of uh, Ghassan Kanafani. And uh, to him, uh, uh, he was not talking from a Palestinian point of view. This was the Arab culture Mm -hmm. point of view. And he said, thanks to the work of Ghassan Kanafani, he was able to understand the Nakba. He was able to understand this huge suffering of a whole nation that's called Palestinians. So we can... Of course, we can fill this episode talking about Ghassan Kanafani and even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, we don't want to also belittle his work as a politician because he was a fighter, uh, as in freedom fighter. Mm-hmm. He was uh, with the PFLP since its inception, became their spokesperson, and he became the editor-in-chief of their newspaper, Al-Hadaf. Yeah. I'm going to read a um, another one of his poems, and this one's so poignant because I've you know, as a Palestinian, uh, you know, as a parent, one of the things that you uh, struggle with is, in fact, the uh, 
legacy that you give your children in the fact that they, and the burden, in fact, mm. uh, of being a Palestinian. Mm. Um, and, and as a child, that burden is something that's very heavy, but then as you mature, you realize, in fact, the, the honor of being associated with the, the most proud and steadfast people on earth. I heard you in the other room asking your mother, Mama, am I a Palestinian? When she answered yes, a heavy silence fell on the whole house. It was as if something hanging over our heads had fallen, its noise exploding. Then silence. Afterwards, I heard you crying. I could not move. There was something bigger than my awareness being born in the other room through your bewildered sobbing. It was as if a blessed scalpel was cutting up your chest and putting there a heart that belongs to you. I was unable to move to see what was happening in the other room. I knew, however, that a distant homeland was being born again. Hills, olive groves, dead people, torn banners and folded ones, all cutting their way into a future of flesh and blood and being born in the heart of another child. Do you believe that man grows? No, he is born suddenly. A word, a moment, penetrates his heart to a new throb. One scene can hurl him down from the ceiling of childhood onto the ruggedness of the road. Uh, also, uh, Nasser, uh, Israel's policy is to get rid of uh, or to assassinate thinkers more than uh, any other uh, members of the Palestinian mm-hmm. society. And we should remember Wael Zaiter, our ambassador uh, to Roma, yep. or PLO representative to Rome, who was assassinated in 72, um, from an Algerian-Italian writer, the work of Wael Zaiter is the building block on which other Arab intellectuals in mm-hmm. Italy have started, especially in, in translation. He was the first to translate the great um, tale or collections of tales that's called 1001 Nights yeah, into Italian, Alf Layla Wa Layla. And also Najil Ali, the famous Palestinian cartoonist, also uh, Majid Abu Sharar, the Palestinian uh, thinker who was also killed in Italy in 1981. These people uh, don't necessarily make it to international media because they didn't have big political role, but nevertheless, they shaped the intellectual and cultural uh, identity of Palestinians in modern history. Mm-hmm. And that's the, where, where the danger is of course, for Israel. Yeah. So uh, stay with us. Uh, we will be back uh, shortly and we will be talking about uh, Tawjihi, the year 12 uh, results and other topics. We'll be back. CR on 855 AM and uh, another edition of Palestine remembered Nasser uh, year 12 uh, results in Palestine and in uh, many of the Arab countries uh, have come out uh, last week and uh, we should speak about uh, the importance of what we call Tawjihi in Palestinian society because like in Australia year 12 results is a big thing in every family but more so, uh, more so, particularly in Palestinian families. As I, I, I read that um, uh, line about uh, Ghassan spoke about Ghassan Kananafani before, everything in this world can be robbed and stolen except one thing, that's the love that emanates from one's soul towards a cause. 
the the reality is that this is for Palestinians having been dispossessed of their country, their homes, their livestock, property, uh, property etc. Mm. It, education has been uh, uh, really stressed to all of our children, and you know, often every father will say to and the mother will say to their children, you know. They took everything away from us. What they can't take is what's in your head. And the importance of education and mm. the opportunities it creates, obviously, for employment and business, etc., afterwards, um, mm. is so very important. And so in Palestinian homes, the the pressure on a result, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, don't it's, go out to eat, don't go out to sleep. It, <laughs> and and the, whole, the family's the, uh, social dynamic changes during year 12. If you have a member of the family uh, who's doing uh, year 12, you let everybody know that I cannot welcome visitors this year. I will not be socially active yani, yeah. like any, because we have a, a tawjihi at home. Yeah. And uh, I spoke to one of the members of the Palestinian community in Melbourne, Mr. Abu Abed, uh, Muhammad Al-Asamna, yeah. who uh, um, yani, was 10 years when he, was, when he left uh, his village in Palestine in 48. And he spoke to us about his journey from uh, near Yaffa to uh, Gaza, to Kuwait, to Australia. And at the end of our interview in Arabic language, uh, I asked him, what is your message to the other Palestinians who are uh, listening to you? And he said, education. What I want to say is like one word, education and hard work. That's, that's, That's what has remained. Um, so Tawjihi's results uh, have uh, come out and I think we have to mention a few names. I want to start by the first in the, because Tawjihi has two major domains, Ilmi, uh, which is uh, science, and Adabiya, which is humanities. Mm-hmm. So Ilmi, uh, uh, the Al-Ula, or the first is Luma Khalid Dawoodi from Jerusalem. And she scored 99.7%, 99.7%. And she is the first uh, on, uh, in, in, in Palestine. And uh, you can imagine the added uh, suffering of people in Jerusalem. Uh, and nevertheless, she made it. So congratulations, uh, uh, well Luma. In Gaza, the, um, the first uh, in uh, humanities, uh, domain is uh, Rania Al Abbasi from Khan Yunis. She scored ninety nine point four percent, and she said in an interview that uh, she, because of the electricity blackout, she uh, her family had to buy her some lid, you know, or electrical. Uh, what do you call it? LED light. Yeah, uh, that she had to to buy from her pocket money yeah. to be able to study. So it's not that she well, she had the, you know. She would have got 102 otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so uh, congratulations, uh, Randy. And also I want to mention Rand Abdul Karim Arimawi, a relative of mine. Nice. He, not because he's a relative, <laughs> but because Abdul Karim is a prisoner. Rand was eight months old when uh, her father uh, was uh, taken to prison. And she made it all the way up to, uh, to Tawjihi. And with the help of her mother, she scored 94%. And, uh, you know, with, with... So her father's still in prison? Still in prison. And she dedicated this victory to Abdul Karim, her father, and to all Palestinian prisoners who have relatives, yani, who couldn't see, who mm-hmm. couldn't hug. And she said that, you know, while I was very happy to receive this result, the happiness isn't complete because I cannot hug my father. I cannot, you know, share this happiness with Abdul Karim. And in this family, another level of uh, resistance, Nasser. Yeah, look, the, the Israelis use, obviously, uh, uh, prison as a way of 
dictating and controlling Palestinian lives. But Palestinians are very resourceful and find ways to overcome the obstacles. And, you know, world leaders in uh, surreptitious IVF, we'll call it, uh, Yusuf, mm-hmm. surreptitious IVF. Mm-hmm. And uh, Randa's got a five-year-old brother, Majid, who um, was born despite the fact that the Israelis continue to imprison um, his father and her father. And, um, you know, the reality is we look forward to... Um, his tojihi and um, the yes. 94% that he has, the standard he has <laughs> been set for him. <laughs> uh, Because he'll be hearing about it. This is what happens in Palestine. Pressure, time. pressure. Your sister got 94. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say that normally boys don't get as good results as their uh, sisters. Yani. Well, you know, our Palestinian women are superior. Yeah, we have to admit else. that. I give them this. Uh, Absolutely. Credit. Also, I want to mention Aya Abbas, a Yarmouk girl, who despite uh, having her house demolished and having to flee the Palestinian refugee camp in Damascus. He, she scored 100% in wow. the ninth level of uh, Syria. She's number one, of course, you can't be uh, higher than this. Aya mm-hmm. Abbas from Yarmouk in Syria. I, I also mention, uh, I want to mention Malak Bishtawi, who scored 100% in Saudi Arabia. Wow. And she is, uh, um, of course, number one in Saudi Arabia. And she's not the first in the family. Her brother, Yahya Bishtawi, did that two years ago. So that's, that's amazing. Good stock. <laughs> that is amazing. Well done. So we can mention more, but I want my listeners, our listeners, to know that education is more than education and also the likelihood of finding uh, better, better opportunities, um, Given that we have very limited resources, whether under occupation, under siege, uh, or even uh, in Arab, uh, other Arab countries as refugees. So uh, congratulations to all those who made it uh, in Palestine. And we're looking forward to hearing uh, more of this uh, wonderful news. So um, what else do we have, uh, Nasser? Well, Yusuf, um, there's only one border crossing into Gaza that Israel allows to be opened. And uh, during the week, Israel decided to close the opportunity for Gazans to export um, what little produce they can produce. And so we've gone from um, an open-air prison to now it's solitary confinement within Gaza. Um, And to to give you an idea, the the siege started in 2007. And back then, on a a monthly average, uh, Israel was uh, uh, allowing 11,176 trucks a month to enter Gaza. Um, this year, two dates, so January to date, um, the, the, the monthly average is now 8,617. So we've gone from 11,176 to 8,617. The population, though, has gone from 1.3 million to 2 million. Yeah. So we've had a 35% increase in the population, yet a 25% decrease in, in, in the, the amount of... Uh, of food and mm. etc that's being allowed to go into Gaza even even in, in from a numbers perspective 961 trucks were leaving Gaza with export so the the produce and the stocks the uh, light industrial stuff that was the production of Gaza um 961 trucks were leaving per month now uh we we this year to date 286 trucks per month so that's decreased by 75% um which decreases opportunities for employment industry employment um factories things are closed down to the point now where we will have zero this month so the the ongoing 
catastrophe that is Gaza, the man-made Zionist catastrophe that is Gaza, the siege on Gaza, the imprisonment of two million people in a land that the United Nations described as being uninhabitable in 2020. Um, the jailers have closed the gates and uh, introduced them into solitary confinement. And everything that has happened uh, in this 11, or has been happening in this 11 years, um, they were um, upfront about it since day one. Uh, and I remember the cabinet, the Israeli cabinet said that they will not die of hunger, but they will have a calculated uh, well, well, level well, of uh, uh, correct. The, the nutrition actual, that yeah. will just be break-even level of being yeah. alive without having a good life. The idea is to put them on a diet, but mm. not to starve them. Was, how was how arrogant is this? Well, this I mean, it's, it's, it's so, how, so Orwellian. So sickening that they get sickening. away with it? And, and got to the point, Yusuf, where they've calculated the population and the daily calorific intake required for that population not to starve, mm. and they only allow that much food in. Yeah. So there's no, you know, everybody needs two slices of bread. There's 10 people there will let 20 slices of bread. You don't need two slices of bread. You only need one. We're going to let 10 slices of bread in. And f- not only food, food and other necessities, including medical supplies, including uh, power, and, and you know, the list goes on. We will definitely come back to uh, the suffering uh, people of uh, Gaza in future episodes. Uh, but also we have upcoming important uh, or important upcoming events. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a, a big few months coming up in, in, in front of us. So our listeners can go to apan.org.au, apan.org.au. And there's a tab on the right-hand side called Upcoming Events. But we have uh, touring for us, Olfat Mahmoud, who uh, will be speaking on Palestinian refugees. She's doing a national tour. This is being sponsored by Afida. She's speaking about her village, Tarshiha. And, and, but, uh, Tarshiha, but also a book that she's just written, mm. but also on the situation of the Palestinian refugees within Lebanon, but mm. it brought more broadly also about the Palestinians within exile. Where is she coming to Australia from? From Le- Lebanon. Lebanon. So yeah. she is a Palestinian Lebanese Palestinian. coming to Australia. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And who else? So she's doing a national tour. Nora Arakat is coming to deliver the Edward Said Memorial Lecture into South Australia. Um, she's a human rights lawyer and associate professor. Um, so she's doing a tour into Adelaide, Melbourne and Sydney. She's doing the State Library July 19 at 7 p.m. July 19, 7 p.m. the State Library. Nora Arakat. So if you want tickets to uh, Olfat or to Nora, please go to... Um, uh, apan.org.au and also Yusuf and I saw Taha yesterday and um, this is well uh, as as ins- awesome as it was for us to see it mm. it's 9.30 in the morning you're listening to us probably 9.45 now but there's a show at 2pm this afternoon which my family and I will be at and also a show at 7pm so that's at the Arts Centre so go on to the, the Arts Centre The theatrical play by uh, Amir Hlaihal yeah, and, and uh, it had a brilliant review at uh, The Age uh, I've got to tell you look I, I've been you know I've been a Palestinian for a long time I've been a Palestinian <laughs> for a long time but I've been reading <laughs> and, you will, and by the looks of it you will be <laughs> but I will be I've been yeah. and I've read a lot of things about Palestine but to read um, a, a, such an awesome um, review. Mm. Um, it, this was in, in in the Sydney Morning Herald, The Age, etc. Uh, Fairfax, uh, by by uh, you know Cameron Woodhead. I mean, you're not going to get much more white bread than Cameron Woodhead. But this, this this is just a paragraph out of this review. Through his subject, Hlehel puts a human face on Palestinian dispossession, suffering, and flight, and embodies his people's resilience and zest for life. It's compulsory viewing for anyone who's a bit vague on the troubled history of Palestine, or indeed anyone who loves poetry. But beyond its instructive quality and moral purpose, 
It's a joy to watch acting of such skill and sustained emotional intensity. So if you haven't seen them, uh, seen Taha, and you are free 2 p.m. or 7 p.m. today, do yourself a favor. Hopefully there might be a ticket left for you. Go on to the Arts Center and uh, hope to see you there. So uh, we, we have one minute, uh, Nasser, before the end of, of the show. And I want to mention a group uh, in uh, Greece who uh, are doing magnificent work for the ex-Syria Palestinians and Syrian refugees. This is the DFLP office, the Democratic uh, Front of the Liberation of Palestine. They turned their office into... A, a, a working bee, basically. Uh, they dedicated all their uh, time and effort and money with basically uh, very limited resources, financial resources, to provide aid to the Palestinians fleeing the war uh, from Syria and crossing to Egypt and also other Syrian refugees. So uh, they deserve um, big thank you, big thank you, Mr. Uh, Mihiar Qatami and uh, every other member in his group uh, in Athens. So um, I, I guess uh, with this uh, we have come to the end of uh, another edition of Australia's only radio program on Palestine. Um, thank you for being with us and we look forward to being with you next week same time 9.30 in the morning this is uh, Robert, Nasser and Yusuf wishing you the best of time and salam <laughs>